0: Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he is our Ute insider and, of course, former Ute quarterback. He's Frank Dolce on 97.5 and 1280 the Zone. What's up, Frank?
1: Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Great to speak with you again.
2: Frank, do you have any ideas of what uh, Jake should be forced to record in an incriminating and embarrassing manner since he lost the bet to me yesterday? Do you have any what, what could Jake say that would really be embarrassing?
1: Really be embarrassing for uh-huh. Jake?
2: Uh-huh.
1: uh I don't know. Is it? Is he embarrassed by saying in things that are incorrect? <laughs>
0: yes, <Yeah, it's not, laughs> <yeah>, that's <laughs> kind of the
1: whole point. <laughs> yeah, well, that should be
0: embarrassing. That's embarrassing enough. Mm-hmm. See, I thought but you'd come do that. To the table with something like uh, something me saying something about soccer and my passion for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you do that? Why don't you? Because that would just come across as fake. I mean, that we know that that's not true. That you don't. Well, you don't enjoy kind of, the sport.
0: That's kind of the idea. In fact, Austin, if you can, you can dial up the bowler uh, one. Oh, let's oh, no, let's oh, play. Oh, wait a, minute, a An example wait. of Gordon's for Frank. Lisa's okay. pet name for me is Bowler. See now how genuine and awesome that comes through. That's what we're aiming for. That's a good story. I don't
2: think I can top that. Uh, Frank, <laughs> oh somehow goodness. I'm paying for winning this bet, and I, and I don't know why. Uh, Jake well, asked. The,
1: go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's the genius of Jake, is that you're going to pay for winning. You're going to pay when you lose, and you're going to pay when you win.
2: Yeah, well, I always win, and so I'm paying. So yep. Anyway, uh, Jake asked a very interesting question about you – Right before we came back, he said, I wonder if Frank would have enjoyed playing quarterback for Mike Leach. And I said, of course he would. Every quarterback would. Uh, Am I right?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, that guy seems to have it completely dialed in for the quarterback position. And his ability not only to find quarterbacks, but clearly to train a quarterback in a short period of time to perform at the highest level and and to perform at record-setting levels is uncanny and and no one it, you can't replicate it. No one else has been able to do it. If there you know if there's anybody else that you would label as a quarterback guru, he would have to fall in line behind Mike Leach. He he just has the rare ability to create these. <sighs> Highly proficient and productive guys, and he seems to do it on the shortest amount of t- in the shortest amount of time. I mean, he keeps getting these transfer guys or guys that haven't been with the program for a while or whatever it is, and in a single season, set the world on fire.
0: I don't know if you guys have heard the story about Gardner Minshew and his recruitment um, a couple of years ago to Washington State, but it's hilarious, and it's, it's totally Mike Leach. Gardner was going to transfer to Alabama, and he <laughs> mm-hmm. was going to be the third-string quarterback at, at Alabama, and Mike Leach called him up, and he said, uh, well, what would you rather do, play third-string for Alabama or lead the country in passing? <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, Mike Leach, is, he's, he's something
1: unique there's no question about it. And, and I like his demeanor. I like his temperament. I, he fits at Washington state. He's a really good fit at Washington state. I'd love to see him at a place like USC or, or, or even UCLA. I think maybe he could get away with it at UCLA, but, but they're like, I don't see, he, he wouldn't match at, at USC, the, the personality doesn't seem to match. Or at an Ohio State, he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he fits. Or Alabama, some of the blue bloods in college football, it's like that's not a good matchup for him. But, but Texas Tech, yeah, I guess he ran his course there. But yeah, and, and, and Washington State, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Tennessee. I don't know if he's a match at Tennessee. So anyway, he's a very interesting guy, one of my favorite not only one of my favorite coaches to watch and to study how he does things and and that ridiculously small play sheet that he has, but like he folds up three or four different times I mean it's just it's unbelievable the the things that he does, but I love he he may be the best uh you know pre or post game interview in the country as well.
2: I know he uh, has a coaching intrigue, so there are some guys out there. Who are following, uh, trying to replicate, or at least have their own version of what Mike Leach has done. I guess my question to you is because of his success, why don't we see it more?
1: The air raid? I think the air raid we will see more and more. It's because it's just, you know, co- college football is faster moving than the NFL, but it still, you know, it still kind of has all this tradition surrounding the game. And, uh, and and some of these things just don't always catch on um, for good reason. Like, you remember the run and shoot was, was really popular at one point. How long was the option attack the way to, to, to manage a football team? And how long did it take for some sort of a passing game that, you know first became the pro set by the way doesn't the pro set attack the pro pro style offense kind of look outdated now and I mean that that ran football for how long everybody had to run a pro style offense and that was a passing offense I must consider a passing offense so um, you know it just it takes some time for the, these things to, to come around the, the the idea of not running or not having to run the football as your basis, um, or, and the idea of, I don't care the down and distance I'm going to throw the football uh, and I'm going to be wide open and spread everything out. And, and I'm going to have 12 plays that I'm going to run. And it's all based on adjustments with the wide receiver and the quarterback and finding space. And that's just, you know what, that's, I don't think it's as easy as people think, by the way, to to incorporate an offense like that. So it's coming. It's, I think it's going to become more and more popular, um, which brings about an interesting point. And the interesting point is, does, does the Utah philosophy on the defensive side now also have to evolve? Because, you know, the, the old philosophy of we're going to stop the run and we're going to make you one dimensional we're going to force you to throw the ball and beat us that way and we're going to harass we're going to figure out a way to harass your quarterback does that you know is that something that as the air raid offense becomes more popular does that kind of defensive philosophy need to evolve Frank Dolce
0: with us, our Ute Insider on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Frank, let's talk about Utah's run game for a second. And I know we don't know the official status of Zach Moss, but let's assume for a moment that he does not play against Washington State. What did you see from those other guys last week, and how is that running game going to be?
1: I think the running game will be fine. To be completely honest, as you know, as good as Zach Moss is And by the way, the, the way I feel about Zach Moss is Zach Moss makes Utah's Running game elite All the other guys Make Utah's running game really, really good But Zach Moss is, a, is at a different level So he makes the running game elite, that's a tough loss But I don't think the loss of Zach Moss Is the biggest concern For this Utah football team Which may or may not be surprising To say So I think it's it's tough. It's something that Utah has to overcome, but I think they certainly have the depth of talent and plenty of talent to overcome the loss of 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 Zach Moss. And it comes, you know, not necessarily. There's never a right time for a guy to go down, but but this is a this is a Washington State defense that has shown you know some susceptibility in the in the run game on the defensive side and the pass game as we saw against UCLA last week. So. Um I think Utah will be fine in the in the run game this weekend.
2: Did you watch that Washington State UCLA game cuz I Every did. and, and I, was, I was just blown away by what was going on in the second half.
1: Every minute. So what were they now 32 points, 39 points in the yeah, second half in, in the third quarter, yeah. 32 points in the second quarter. Now it will it does tell you something, well a couple things maybe. One is, you know, you have to have a defense. I mean, you have to play defense, and that doesn't ever change. But how about turnovers? I mean, how, how badly did the turnovers just kill Washington State in that game? Did they have five fumbles in, the, in that game, something like that? So turnover margin still a significantly important factor. I didn't think there was any chance that UCLA came out on top in that, in that football game. I didn't think there was any chance at all going into the game. And then when it's the third quarter, I kept thinking, well, am I going to turn this? No, I love college football. I'm just going to keep watching. And, and I did, and it turned out to be an unbelievable affair. So, that, you know, that makes it even more interesting for Utah because Utah certainly matches up with both of those teams this week. Washington State a little later in the year, UCLA, and UCLA now has figured out that maybe they have an offensive game plan that puts the points on the board. So it was a fascinating, fascinating game.
0: Frank Dolce with us on 97.5 and twelve-eighty the Zone. Uh, Kyle Whittingham talked about the offensive line struggles when he chatted with Hans and Scotty earlier today, and he said that they really were just having problems with one move—the twist up front—that the, they were unable to block. What do you think of that diagnosis, and is that something that's easy to fix?
1: Well, I, I think I, I have two thoughts on that. One is I, you know, I, I've had a chance to talk with Hanson. If you ever want to, if you ever want to break down offensive or defensive line play to the point where you just try and check out then, then talk to Hans because he will take you through every intricate detail of it and Hans says that it wasn't as bad as we thought it wasn't as bad as it looked now there were certainly plenty of there was bad play at the offensive line but maybe maybe not to the degree that we thought so there's there's a, a, a slight positive the, the other side of that is okay you couldn't pick up the twist. USC was twisting. Well, you know, there's a blueprint for every other defensive line to twist, but, but the twist is not uncommon. I mean, that's not like, that's not a revolutionary move (laughs) on the defensive line to twist up front. So that has to be a little bit of a concern. Now, I'm sure that that, uh, Utah will get those guys coached up and, and ready to go, but to have that, game four in the season as your conference opener and that was the issue that you had up front with your offensive line i think that's a little concerning
2: so frank if you were going to list in 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 order of uh, greatest need of improvement uh a handful of things that the youths have to improve upon and you've mentioned a couple but how would you rank them what is what 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 are the most important things that need to happen for this team to fulfill its potential?
1: Uh, number one, defensive secondary. You just we're, you, Utah's not going to survive if if they're going to give up that kind of productivity to to the to the other team. So defensive secondary uh, is the first one, and that's explosive plays. I mean, we're talking about this is an interesting stat. I think on the same number of completions in the game, so. And in fact, I think USC might have had one less completion in the game. They threw for over a hundred yards more in the game. So, so defensive secondary and giving up explosive plays. Um, that's number one. You have to figure that out. And by the way, we talked about this a week ago, Utah showed some inadequacy in that area in the first three games. And it was all brushed over because you won the game. Well, Now it got exposed, and now you have to take care of it, especially with Washington State coming to town. Number two, offensive line. Tyler Huntley cannot be asked to run the ball 18 times. It just, for his health and for the offensive productivity, it just doesn't work. I mean, I think you want to have a maybe, maybe 10 times combination of scramble and designed runs for the quarterback, and that's a lot. But he's running 18 times. He was leading carrier on the uh, not in yardage, but in leading number of carries for the football team. That's just not how that offense is going to is going to be successful. Number three, productivity in the passing game. I just mentioned it. Utah's percentage completion percentage is fantastic. They haven't thrown any interceptions. That's amazing. But the number of yards gained through the air, the productivity is not where it needs to be. So they they're going to have to increase that number and that means probably getting some explosive plays through the air. You know, I watched Colorado play uh, Arizona State, we watched Washington State and and UCLA. And in each of those games, not so much in Colorado and Arizona State, there were explosive plays in the past game and those explosive plays turned the game around, turned changed the momentum of a game. So, you know what? Lots of defenses will be very happy to have Tyler Huntley throw for 75 or 80 percent completions, five yards downfield, and average six yards per pass. I think they would take that all day long. You need more productivity in in the passing game. So those would be my top three uh, concerns for this for this Utah football team going into this weekend.
0: Pre-game on Saturday will begin at six o'clock, live from the Utah tailgate. And in fact, uh, Frank, do us a favor—make sure Hans doesn't eat all of the food, please.
1: You know what? I control—I control what I can control, and that—and <laughs> that is one thing I can't control: hands and a buffet. That's a—that's <laughs> a deadly combination. I'm hungry. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much,
1: Frank. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, by the way, Gordon, man, I, I listen to you guys every week, and you have been on fire this week after the announcement that Utah is, is going to negate two games against the rival down south. And so I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed your commentary. Not, I'm not saying whether or not I disagree or agree with it, but, but I have enjoyed your passion about that rivalry game.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That means he disagrees with it. Yeah, but that's all right. (laughs) See, I've never, I've never, and Frank is someone whose opinion I really, really respect, regardless of whether we agree or not. Um, Too many people want everybody to agree. Yeah, absolutely. Agreement is overrated, I think. Don't you? Uh,
0: I agree. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Frank and I differ opinion on the sport of soccer. So,
2: yeah, well, there, there's that. <laughs> Who's smarter, yeah, Frank so. or Jake? Frank. How uh, would Frank, you by for far. It?
1: But who? But wait. But who thinks he's smarter? Uh, well, and I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Confidence is very sick. Hey, we
0: were both smart
2: enough to marry attorneys. How about that? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah good point. Excellent point. Absolutely.
2: One, one of these days, I want to find out from you guys. By how much your wives out-earn you? Uh, no. I don't think we'll <laughs> we'll
0: be talking about that at all. Uh, thank you, Frank. Catch you next week. All right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. See ya, Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider here on <laughs> 97.5 and 1280
2: The Zone. Frank is one of the best. He is. He's one of a kind. I mean, he really knows what he's talking about and has a great perspective on so many things. As I said, even when we disagree... If Frank says it, I listen to it.
0: We were talking about Mike Leach. I love that anecdote about Gardner Minshew. Yeah. You want to go play third string at Alabama or you want to lead the, the uh, country in passing? <laughs> and now he's ripping it up for the Jags. Probably the best decision he ever made. Yeah. 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 Would well, he have gotten that opportunity? Well, he, and he's gotten interesting sponsorship opportunities mm-hmm. as well that have, that have come his Did way. Did he
2: uh, accept that uh, offer from that, uh, that adult... Uh website
0: i have no clue
2: hmm. all right well they were offering him a million dollars
0: just to work out in a, what was it in a jock strap or whatever
2: yeah because isn't he known for that yeah something
0: like that or at least a story came out about that but you want to go to alabama and play third string or you want to lead the country in passing <laughs> and the kid he's got now gordon he's he's leading the country I know. in passing i mean
2: it's, where do these guys come from it really mike leach went to byu He did? And he... And Matt Harpreet played football in high school. He looked at what Lavelle Edwards and uh, the offensive coordinators there were doing. And he took it all in. He absorbed it all. And he is now sort of replicating that quarterback factory. You know, remember that picture of all the great quarterbacks lined up in a row along the assembly line? And it was just one right after another. And that, I'll be that going if that's not what he's doing at Washington State. That's why I asked Frank, why don't more coaches do that?
0: Well, no coach has been able to do it as well as, him, as he has. I mean, with the exception of maybe Lincoln Riley, who's doing some really special things at so, Oklahoma. So then,
2: then this gets back to the age-old question. Is it the quarterback or is it the system?
0: In his case, you can make a real strong argument for the system.
2: The quarterbacks are really good, too.
0: How many of them have, uh, have gone on to have real success at the NFL level? Well, Luke Falk is trying. Luke Falk's trying. Gardner Minshew, is, 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 his career is just underway down there at Jacksonville. Yeah. And we'll see. But it, it, it's kind of funny when you look at that because they they haven't had a ton of success at the next level when they're outside of the system.
2: That is true. I mean, going back to the days of Texas Tech with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Wasn't he under Mike uh, uh-huh. Leach? Who else was? Who well, the offensive the great...
0: coordinator at uh, at oh, USA Graham Harrell. He was the one you kind of point out because he. I mean, he threw for zillions of yards at Texas Tech, and everybody kind of wondered how he would do at the next level. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure. I think he probably got an NFL opportunity, but I, I can't remember
2: where that took him. Hmm. I It would be interesting to follow Mike Leach for all the reasons that we've talked about over the last few days, but I wonder if we. If we were up close uh, covering and and, uh, observing whether we would see the ugly underbelly of the whole thing, you know, I don't know. But he sure seems like a lot of fun. All right. We'll
0: have more coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.